0: Uh, we are in week, I don't, I've lost count, of Fixer Upper, uh, and, and this has been a series about family. This has been a series about, regardless of your family dynamic, this has been a series about what the Bible has to say about some of the foundational truths about family, and some of the things that we may struggle with. The series text we've read every week is uh, Joshua chapter 24, verse 15, it's in your bulletin, it's on the screen behind me. Why don't you read along with me? It says, but if you refuse to serve the Lord, then choose today whom you will serve. But as for me and my family, we will serve the Lord. As for me and my family, we will serve the Lord. As for me and my family, we'll serve the Lord. Uh, one of the things we've said each week is that every family, every family in this church, every family in our community Needs a fixer upper. How many know there's no perfect families? How many of you would say that you know there's no perfect families? Because you're in the middle of one that's a little goofy sometimes. <clears throat> right? Um, how many know there's no perfect families in the Bible? There are no perfect families, and all of us could use a fixer-upper. And that's what this has been all about. Obviously, we we've talked about that. Wildly hit show that's on uh, HGTV with Chip and Joanna Gaines, where they go into a uh, buy a beat up old property and make it nice and beautiful, and all the ladies go ooh ah at all the pretty stuff that they do, and and, the, and it's kind of cool. I like Demo Day, you know, because I look at some of the stuff that they do, um, and I'm like, I can't do that. But I see them busting cabinets off the wall with a sledgehammer, and I'm like, I can do that. I can do that. So I like demo day. And how many know that in our lives, sometimes there's a demo day where God has to take the just the stuff that doesn't belong anymore and rip it out. And I'm, I'm going to pray that's what he does today for all of us. OK, so we've started. Uh, the first thing we talked about was forgiveness. Anybody ever struggle with forgiveness? You don't have to raise your hand because we all have. One of the things we said was uh, uh, in order to experience the forgiveness of Christ, we've got to be willing to extend it. Um. Just, just let that sink in a minute. If we're going to be forgiven, we must be willing to forgive. Yeah. Uh, then a couple of weeks later, we talked about foundation. Uh, and, and how many know that just like this building has a foundation, just like your home has a foundation, if the foundation of our life isn't strong, then we're not going to weather the storms of life. And we talked about building a faith foundation. Then last week, we talked about God's faithfulness. It got a little PG-13. Is that okay that we talk about stuff, real stuff in church? Is that okay? Yeah. All right. We talk about God's faithfulness to us, our faithfulness to God, and then our faithfulness to each other. And for the sake of my son, who's on the front row, I won't restate any of this stuff that I said last week. I'm just amazed he's not in therapy by now. So this week, we're going to talk about finances. Okay. When I said that word, what's the first word that popped into your head because we're standing in a church? Ties. We're not going to talk about ties today. Um, because how many understand that the Bible has a lot more to say about how we deal with money than just ties and offerings? And oftentimes, in the context of a church, what we'll hear is ties and offering. And I'm not telling you that it's not important, I'm telling you that that's not all the Bible has to talk about when it talks about dealing with money so i want to i'm making a commitment to you that this week i'm not going to talk about tithes and offering i didn't say anything about next week it's really short-sighted of us to think that that all that god has to say to us about money is that 10 percent that tithe that that we hear preachers beat us up over time and time again oftentimes that's all we hear um And frankly, I'm tasked today to teach principles that many people have grown skeptical of. And so, let's just make a couple of assumptions. If you're here today, um, and and you're a believer, what I'm going to tell you is what I firmly believe with conviction Scripture says about our money. So, if, if you're not a believer... Um, this may or may not apply to you Um, if if you don't have a faith in a God who is a provider and is uh, is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him is what scripture says that's where I need you to be this morning I need you to understand that what I'm going to talk to you about is not Dwayne's opinion about money I want to talk to you about what the bible says is that okay the first thing I want you to understand, if you're, writing, if you're taking notes, write this down. God wants you to win with money. God wants you to win with money. Now, let me tell you what that isn't. See, some of you saw brand new big shiny house and luxury vehicle. Even though those things are cool, and God may have that for you. But that, that's probably not necessarily what, what winning with money means. In fact, on the way to church this morning... My man, Ronald Long, is convinced that Publisher's House is coming knocking on his door. And he just, mate, somebody got to win, right? So we don't know. We don't know what God has. But I, I do believe that God wants you to win with money. And that's kind of what we're going to talk about today. How many understand God cares about your finances? And God is more invested in your financial success than you may believe. Or that you may understand. And that's what I really want to talk about today see the the mistake many of us as believers make is that god is really only concerned with with my tithe and and the offering that i might give that that's as long as i'm there then the rest is cool and i'm going to tell you that that god's more concerned with everything god's more concerned now what you just heard was god wants me to sign the back of my check and maybe he does i don't know let's talk um See, if, if if that's where you're at, that God is only concerned about my 10%, then you're, honestly, if that's your philosophy, you're shortchanging yourself. So why am I not winning? Why am I struggling? Just so I know who I'm talking to, who in the room has ever, as a child, as an adult, struggled with your finances? Of course. Of course. You know... It's just a reality in our world that that happens. But listen, I think our perspective is wrong. So here's what I want us to do: I want us to, I want us to play pretend for just a minute, okay? And and don't get don't get theological with me, and, because, and, and get you know think I'm getting heretical. But I want you to pretend for just a minute that you're God, okay? I would make an awful God, uh, especially when I'm driving. People be dying all over the place. <laughs> amen yes if i'd god if i was god the falcons would have won the super bowl i just know that i'm still bitter about that you know all right so you're god okay you ready and you've got your eyes on this nation you're god you've got your eyes on this nation you're watching what's happening in our world you created everything right and, and these people in our nation, you love them with an everlasting, unimaginable, undescribable love. You with me so far? And you bless this nation with prosperity. You, yeah, this nation experiences the greatest technological and industrial innovations of any nation in the history of the world. They have the highest standard of living of any nation in the world. And you're watching them. More food, cleaner water, better housing, a better life than any place else. And you know, you know how I can prove that to you? What, if, there, if that wasn't true, there wouldn't be an immigration debate. If this was an awful place to live, nobody else would want to come here. But it is a great place to live. And it is a prosperous nation. And people are beating the door down to try to get in because God has blessed this place and there's, there's a life you can live here. Yes? In fact, we don't deal with what the rest of the world deals with. That's why we see the hashtag first world problems. Guess what? Nobody's going to die today because you drank tainted water. Nobody's child is going to die this week because you couldn't get a penicillin, penicillin tablet. You know what we fuss about? We want, I wonder what the new iPhone's going to look like. First world problems. And so as God, you're watching this. And you're watching as these people who are blessed with all of this stuff and this great standard of living look amongst themselves and say, it's not enough. We need more stuff. And they bury themselves in debt. So much to the point that now they've got to work all the time to dig themselves out of this debt that they've created. In fact, on average, each one of these people that you're watching has $16,000 in credit card debt and have no idea where it went. They have $28,000 in automobile loan debt. Doing what Dave Ramsey says, buying a car you don't need with money you don't have to impress people you don't like. So now, with just credit card and and automobile debt, we owe more than we're going to earn in a year. And as God, you're looking for a people to finance the gospel. You're looking for people to take care of widows and orphans. You're looking for a people to... Clothe the naked and the feed the poor. And these people that you've blessed are buried in debt. So much to the point that it's caused issues in their families and half of them are splitting up every year. How does it make you feel, God? See, I... I believe that God really does care about your finances. I really believe that God's got a plan for your finances. And I'm not going to be that preacher that stands here and says, as long as you pay your tithes, and you're good. Now listen to me. Tithes and offerings are important and they're good. And we're going to talk about that. But I need you to understand is that God wants more for you. God doesn't want you to live this life buried and burdened because your finances are never in order you've heard my story before. We have been there. And it's awful. And it's miserable. And it it encompasses every waking moment when things are not like they're supposed to be. So, here we go. Money talks. Biblical insights about finances. Some of this you're really going to like. Some of it you're not. First thing I need you to understand is you own finances. Nothing. I'm sorry to be blunt, but that's just true. You don't own anything. You didn't create anything. Now, I never do this. I never do this. And those of you that come a lot know this. I never tell cheesy jokes, but I'm going to tell one today. Why is that funny? There was this group of scientists that said... We don't need God anymore. We can do anything God can do. And so they challenge God to a man making contest. God, we can do everything you can do. And God says, okay, you're on. You go first. Scientists scoop up, just like Genesis, where when God breathed into dirt and made him a man, these scientists pick up a, a handful of dirt and God says, whoa! get your own dirt. <laughs> now that's cheesy, but it's true. We, as good as our innovations have been, as technologically advanced as we are, we didn't create anything. In fact, Scripture says it like this in, in Psalms chapter 24, the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. The world and all its people belong to Him. So not only do you not own anything, you don't even own yourself. I can hear you now. You don't understand. I earned the money to buy that flat screen TV. I worked hard. Yes, you did. You worked hard with hands God gave you, with breath that He loaned you. It's all His. And he can do with it whatever he wishes. Do you know why? Because he's God. Deuteronomy 10 says, To the Lord your God belong the heavens, even the highest heavens, the earth and everything in it. Leviticus 25 says, The land is mine and you are but aliens and my tenants. We are squatters on this planet. Haggai hey chapter 2 says the silver is mine, the gold is mine. Everything belongs to God. And listen to me, that is a foundational truth that if you, if you don't grasp that, none of the rest of what I'm going to say today is going to mean very much. If we don't understand that everything belongs to God, it's your breath in our lungs. It's his. It belongs to him. My home is not my home. It belongs to him. The car I drive doesn't belong to Dwayne. My name is on the title. But it doesn't belong to me. It's not mine. We own nothing. It all belongs to him. And so where does that place us? If you're taking notes, write this down. God wants you to be a steward of everything you have. Now, if you're in a church and someone uses the word stewardship, what are they likely talking about? Again, what you put in the, in the bag or the plate when it passes by. But I'm telling you, I believe God is calling us to be a steward of everything we have. Yeah. See, what is, let me tell you what a steward is. A steward is a manager. In other words, God has given all of us resources and income, and what he's asking us now to do is to manage it according to his principles. Because if it's his, he gets to call the shots on what we do with it. Is that correct? Yeah. Now, now, here's the deal. Now, does that mean that I don't pay my bills, that I don't pay my mortgage, that I don't pay my... No, that, that's not being a good steward. Because if you're a Christian, you're not paying your bills and you're putting a, 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 a you're giving God a bad name. So he's called us to manage everything that he's put in our care. Proverbs chapter 27 says, Be sure you know the condition of your flocks. Be careful attention to your herds. Now, let me tell you what that means in 2017. We need to know what we have and where it's going. Let me ask you a question. Who has ever just, can we just, since we're all friends, how many have ever gotten your paycheck And then all of a sudden, you look in your checking account, and there was nothing there, and you went, where did it all go? Anybody? Please don't let me be the only one. Me and Dave. (laughs) Yes. Well, that's not being a very good steward, is it? If I don't know where it... If I don't know what's going on in my home, if I don't know what's going on in my checking account, if I don't know what's going on with the resources that belong to God. See, the misunderstanding is is that good stewardship is just writing that tithe check every month or every week. No, I'm telling you that God is concerned with every resource that's, that's been placed in your hands. If you are paying someone to manage your money, and at the end of the year, they could only tell you what they did with 10% of that. You would fire them. So God wants you to be a steward. God wants you to manage His resources while you're on this planet. Because it all belongs to Exactly. If it all belongs to Him, He gets to tell us how to handle it. It's Because it's His. Write this down. Debt is bondage. Is that true? Is that, is that true? Yeah, it is. Here's what Scripture says The rich rule over the poor, and the borrower is slave to the lender. It's Proverbs chapter 22. Because of because this is such a big issue, let, let me tell you what I've what I've learned. You know, we do a lot of marriage stuff here. We talk, we have Married Not Live four or five times a year, where we just try to invest into, into marriages. And here's what I'm learning is that one of the greatest obstacles to peace in our home is debt. Owing more than we can comfortably manage. And so what happens is we, we find ourselves stressed at work because we've got to earn the money to pay this debt and then we come home and there's stress in the home because somebody spent something that they shouldn't have spent and, and, and there's just, it just creates this constant tension. And the enemy laughs at us. Because we live in the richest country in the world and He has us shackled. And I'm telling you, that's not what God wants for you. That's not what God wants for me. So if if you're living a lifestyle where you're leveraging one debt against another and, and you're constantly spending more than you earn, can I tell you, And because I love you, I'm going to to tell you what I believe to be the truth. You're shackling yourself. And you're putting your, your family in prison. If you're constantly spending more than you earn. I saw this. And frankly, the truth is our government has shown us how to do it. And you don't know I'm not a political guy from the pulpit, but it's, it's just true. I read an article not too long ago that says, For every taxpayer in the nation, our government owes $1.1 million. So we, we've got a pretty good model of what it looks like to spend more than we take in. But can I tell you, the government's not your model. That book is, is your model. God's Word, God's principles are your model because they work. So if that's you, just listen to my heart. Get on a plan today to get out of debt. you got to stop spending more than you make, period. It's a, we're, we're a hamster on a wheel, running and never getting anywhere. You got it got real quiet in here. Uh, I, I need you to hear this from a heart of love. Man, you gotta, you, you got to get on a plan today to stop spending more than you make. Well, I, I might have to let go of... Some. Yes, you might. You, you might have to live on Raymond noodles and brown rice. If you were in prison and that was your, and that was your key to get out, would you, would you take it? Of course you would. That's bondage. Here's, here's another principle that I want you to understand. Write this down. Learn to expect the unexpected. We have a great model for this in Scripture. We talked about Joseph a few weeks ago in in our Wednesday night growth group. And Joseph literally, because of his um, his prowess in saving and handling business, literally saved an entire nation. Because God had shown them where they were going to go through seven years of famine and then but before the seven years of famine they were going to have seven years of plenty and so here's what joseph said look king if you'll take a fifth of everything that we have for these seven years we'll have enough to get by for the seven years of famine and that's exactly what happened because joseph was expecting the unexpected your grandmother said it like this save for a look outside I read somewhere that every family or that the average family in, in North America was six weeks away from bankruptcy. Just let that settle in for just a minute. Six weeks away from bankruptcy. Because we haven't expected the unexpected. Well, Dwayne, that's, that's kind of doom and gloom. no. It's going to rain, right? It's going to rain. We've got to be prepared for that, right? Mm-hmm. Write this down. Get to know Jehovah Jireh. Jehovah Jireh. Jehovah Jireh is God my provider. Jehovah Jireh means God, my provider. Philippians chapter 4 says, My God will meet all your needs according to his glory in Christ Jesus. Here's here's the mindset we've got to get away from. If, If you have a job, just kind of wave at me. Job, me too. And here's what I have to learn about my job. I, ha- I am an employee of LifePoint Community Church. That means the bulk of our income as a family comes from my employer. It'd be real easy for me to get into this mode of believing that my employer was my provider. How me know that's not the case. Life Point Community Church is not my provider. your employer is not your provider, and here's what we do now listen, you guys know me well and, and you know that I believe that if you own if you have a job you ought to if, if you dig ditches because you're a, we believe that we do all that we do is unto the Lord, you need to be the best ditch digger there is. you need to work hard you, you need to you need to work fervently at the job that God's given you. I believe that with all of my heart. We, we, it's, we have a sorry testimony to Christ when we're lazy on our job. Right? But don't you dare think that that job is your provider. Because just like you don't own anything, they don't own anything. Your Heavenly Father's your provider. And He loves you. And He believes in you. And He's got a plan for your life. So when you're, I want you to be thankful for your jobs. And I want you to be thankful for your income. But always understand that your provider is our Father. As I move forward, as I grow, that's one of the things we've been talking about this year. My perspective about that changes. I begin to look at the world through His eyes. And I understand that my Father will provide for every need. Now I may have to say goodbye to some of my wants. I learned to depend on Him, to depend on Him and not my paycheck. Even though I'm very thankful for my paycheck, I'm very thankful for the resources God's provided for me, He ultimately is my provider. Does that make sense? Let's lean on Him. Let's believe in Him. So here we go. I'm going to give you a few action steps. These are some action steps to help us win with money. Number one, sign the title. Anybody ever sold a car? When you got rid of that car and you were transferring ownership to somebody else, what would you have to do? Had to sign the back of that title, didn't you? And I'm telling you to do that with everything you own. God, this car is not mine. This house is not mine. These clothes aren't mine. That flat screen TV I love to watch sports on isn't mine. But i sure am thankful. God, it, it belongs to you. And I'll manage it however you want me to manage it. I'll, I'll use it however you... How many you know that stuff's just tools anyway? This place isn't our home. A million years from now, we're not going to care. This, this world, this stuff, they're just tools to get us through till we get home. So sign the title. Don't let that, the stuff of life... Drag you down from being who God called you to be and, and what God wants you to do. So give it away. Yeah. God, it's yours. You can have it. I'll do whatever you want me to do with it. Now, Dwayne, does that mean, are we going to be homeless? No. No. God, God's got a, a, a... It's just a perspective. God, God knows you've got to have a place to live and a car to drive, clothes to wear. Please, put on some clothes. <laughs> Let's just release that to him. God, it's yours. So I heard a preacher say it this way one time. That that God will get stuff to you if he knows he can get stuff through you. In other words, what if God could use you to be a conduit of blessing for somebody else? Are you holding on to your stuff so tight that God can't use you to be a conduit, a blessing for somebody else? And let me tell you what that might just look like. Are you you strapped so much that you can't buy somebody's lunch that is having a hard time? You can't take somebody to Starbucks and look across the table from them and and let go of $8 for a cup of coffee to, to love on them for a few minutes? Sign a title to everything. Oh, by the way, I I can't do that until the first title I sign is of my heart. God, I am yours. I belong to you. I surrender all. Sign the title. Second thing, practice healthy stewardship. Can I tell you you what that looks like practically? Mm -hmm. Budget. I don't don't care if you earn $14 a week. Know what's coming in and know what's going out. That's knowing the flocks of your herd. That's being a good steward of what God's blessed you with. If, If... if you're constantly having that conversation with your spouse, I don't know where it went. That's not God's fault. If you don't know where it went, that's on you. Yeah? Sign the title Practice healthy stewardship, get out of debt. When that's easier said than done. I know. We've been on a journey for about six years. It's hard. I get it. It requires a, a couple of things. I'm, I'm going to give you two principles, and I know this is not Financial Peace University, but I'm going to give you two principles for getting out of debt. Here's a, this is brilliant. What's this? Stop getting new debt. I'm getting out of debt. Oh, I got a new credit card. Let's go shopping. How many of you get those credit card offers in the mail every day? Yes. Cut them up. be smart about acquiring new debt and learn the power of the word no there were times and i know this is not popular in our culture but there were times when my children were growing up that we had to look at them and tell them no and i i know we you know, they, that probably should have sent them into a death spiral emotionally. <laughs> Sometimes we have to say, no. And guess what? They'll live. They'll survive. I remember there's one particular time where Matthew was, uh, I guess he was between his junior and senior year, had this opportunity to play baseball for a... Um, a showcase team, a college showcase team. And the way it was presented to us was he'll play in front of college scouts every weekend. And we thought, man, that's awesome. That's great. We're excited. It's (laughs) $1,400. And so guess what I had to look at Matt and say? No. Unless you want to be homeless. No. And guess what God did? He provided a scholarship for Matthew to play on that team. But my, you know, the initial reaction is, well, it's an investment in this future. Well, no, no you're going into debt. Well, well this is, listen to me. God will never want you to go into debt as an investment for your future. There's no such thing as debt being an investment. Don't you ever borrow money to invest it, even in your children. Ooh. Y'all don't like that, but I'm, I, I need you to hear that. If you if you want to dig out of that hole, you got to stop creating new debt. It's okay to say no. <laughs> it's okay to say no. <laughs> Sign the title. Practice healthy stewardship. Get out of debt and pay yourself second. We'll talk about the first part next week, but if if you're not putting something away, I don't care if it's, you got to pay yourself first. Let me tell you a little deal that I've been doing, and and those of you that have been around and we've done the Dave Ramsey Financial Peace deal, you've heard the envelope. Well, I don't really physically have an envelope. I got this cool little app that my son turned me on to, and what it does is every time I use my debit card, any swipey swipersons in the room? Yes, come on, somebody. Every time I use my debit card, it rounds that purchase up to the next $3. So in other words, if I spend $4.50, it takes, rounds that up to $6 and puts that $2.50 in the savings account. Okay? So that that keeps you, what? $1.50. Whatever. This is not... It rounds it up to some other... (laughs) (laughs) All right. And so we need a new stove in our house. Our stove is old and rough and rugged and it's beat to death. And it was the original stove to the house. The house is like 15 years old. So it's been there a while. And so we've needed to uh, replace it. And so I I just set up a little deal on that app. And guess what? I looked at it the other day. And we're about to go shopping for a new stove. And, and it, so I'm telling you, pay yourself. It, it, it'll feel so much better. Now, what we, you know what we could have done? We could have went to Home Depot. And we could have picked out the stove, signed up for that orange card, and got 10% off of our initial purchase. I mean, no, that's a lie. Pay yourself second. We'll talk about first next week. Sign the title. Practice healthy stewardship. Get out of debt. Pay yourself second. Trust your provider. Trust Him. And God will supply all your needs. All of them. I can only say that with conviction, not because I've read it, because we've learned to live that. We trust Him. There's never been one time, one time when God didn't, hadn't met our needs. Not one time. My children have seen story after story after story of God's provision when we didn't know where it was coming from. Trust him. He knows what he's doing. He wants you to win. He's on your side. Please don't forget that, especially when we're talking about finances. Finances. He wants you to win. But He wants you to win His way. The last thing, be here next week. I want you to listen to me. And I'm not playing. There's a principle in God's Word that ties all this other stuff together. And and, and listen, it's a beautiful principle. And it works. I don't care what YouTube says. It works. Have... Have there been some some guys on TV that have prostituted the tithe? Yes, for their own gain, absolutely. It still works. It still works. That's what we're going to talk about next week. Please, 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 listen to me. Don't, everything I said today are good financial principles. But listen to me. When we start operating God's way, it's like an umbrella of blessing that sits on top of those principles. And it just, it just works. So be here next week. I want you to bow your heads and I want you to, to listen to um, just what I'm going to ask of you. Nobody else move around, just Donna. If, if you're here today, uh, and listen, we, we've been talking about money And and, and those of you that know me well know I don't, I I haven't always enjoyed that kind of a message. But let me tell you why the enemy fights you so hard with with our money. Let me tell you why I believe the enemy would love to see you bound in debt and, and bondage financially because it affects every part of your life. If he can cause you to be bound financially, he's got your calendar, he's got your ability to give, he's got your ability to be generous. he's got your he, he's got your emotional health because you're freaking out about it all the time. So let, let me let me just talk to you just a minute about your heart before we leave. And she's saying I surrender all. And so, listen, I, I don't want to talk to you about you surrendering your, your finances to God until I talk to you about you surrendering your heart. See, if you're here today and, and he didn't own your heart, man, man, nothing that I said today means a whole lot. So if you've had in your mind, man, I'm going to put some of this stuff and I'm going to work on getting out of debt. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to try to save. I'm going to try to do some things um, that are a little bit more financially sound I'm going to t- try to take care of my budget I'm, if you left if, if, if that's been in your head today bef- before you worry about that here's what I'm going to ask you to do search your heart does God have my heart and if he doesn't man right now would be an awesome time for you just to sign the title of your heart and say God it belongs to you I belong to you I am yours Here's how it works. The Bible says if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So in just a moment, when Donna sings this chorus, just a time or two, the song says, I surrender all. That could be your prayer. God, I surrender to you. Jesus, I'm going to follow you from this day forward. You have my heart now. I signed the title of my heart, and I'm, I'm yours. If there's an area of your life that remains unsurrendered, if, if, if this is a struggle for you financially, if, if you're walking through a difficult time, here's what I'm gonna challenge you to do. God, I surrender my finances to you. And I will do things your way. And mean it. And here's a a firm promise. He'll redeem it. I, it may be uncomfortable. But He'll redeem it because He's able and more than able to do exceedingly, abundantly above all we can ask or even imagine is what Scripture says. So Donna's going to sing, and and I want you to pray. Whatever you need to surrender, if you need to surrender your heart today, do that. Sign the title of your heart. If you need to surrender your income, sign the title, uh, sign, spiritually sign the back of your check and say, God, it's yours. And I'll manage it like like you tell me to manage it. What I've just explained to you over the last few moments and what I'll talk to you about next week is a key to living a blessed life. I believe that with everything in me. So Don's going to sing. Let's pray together. I see that as a prayer. I surrender on. Lord, it's all yours. In the name of Jesus, collectively, corporately, and individually, we sign the title of our heart. We are yours. Change us. Make us who you would have us to be. God, I pray for the ones that walked in today that are discouraged financially. God, I pray that you put them on a path to financial health, knowing that your principles work and they work for everybody. God, I pray for the ones today that that might have just signed the title of their heart and handed it over to you. God, we surrender. We're thankful for the cross and for the Savior that hung there. His name is Jesus, and he's the one we're going to follow from this day forward. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. God, I offer the Lord an ovation of praise today because he's good. That's pretty pitiful. God offer the Lord an ovation of praise. Amen. Amen.